Welcome back to episode three. I hope you've enjoyed the first two episodes. Front messages we've had, people are seeming to jump on board, aren't they? It's yeah. been it's been quite positive, which has been lovely. So thank you for messages. Yeah, we appreciate it. Any reviews or messages that you want to send to us, you can send to us on Instagram. Yeah, we're at is it terrifying underscore twisted? It is, yeah. So anything you want to say to us, you can say to us through there. Yeah, any points, tips, or followers. Yeah. Um, please tell me that we aren't the only ones struggling in lockdown because this feels like lockdown day 186. Honestly, this this lockdown is driving me mad. First one, I were alright. And it's driving kids mad. Yeah, but kids, oh, kids are driving me mad. I love our kids, but it's, it's getting tedious, isn't it? It's re- it's really fucking hard. So. If you're a parent out there and you think that you're the only one struggling, believe me, you're fucking not. No, you're not. Not at all. I feel like everything's just a battleground, isn't it? Yeah. At minute. And it's not nice. It's it's quite shit. Hopefully. We have some good news soon. Is it about three weeks? I think he's reviewing it next week. I think so. And then... Uh, 22nd of February is in my head for some reason. Well, I heard today that... Get this half term over with, and then apparently two weeks they should be opening schools back up. So <sighs> that'll be good, won't it? Yeah. Do you know my coccyx's still hurting? Do you want to tell them what you did? Not really. Not particularly. She fell from top of stairs. Took bottom. From what? top of stairs, took bottom. In no but a towel. <laughs> Wet and through. And still kept a towel on. I will keep it hold of that. It was bad enough falling downstairs. I won't falling down in a heap completely naked at bottom. The worst thing is, we've just set up a, one of those ring cameras for his room, fuck dog. And now we're charging it. <laughs> so you didn't even get it on camera. Otherwise I'd have got it on frigging video. <laughs> now that would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been. So, how you found uh, your research this week? Ad. I know you've been, it's done your head in a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah. So we'll crack on with my case. My case is about a young girl called Billy Jo Jenkins. Okay. Uh, she was born on 29th of March, 1983. Uh, her father were called Bayard, nicknamed Billy. Her mother were called Deborah. It was very much a broken home set up. Uh, she was born in East London. Her father was sent to prison. Her mum was unable to bring her up, so she was put up for adoption. Okay. So she was taken in by a new family. This new family are Sean and Lewis Jenkins. No relation. Just, just coincidence. Coincidence with the surname. They've already got four children, four yeah. daughters. Um, in June of 92, Billy and her brother arrived on a temporary placement and Billy Joe struggled with her social interaction and I think a few things must have got a bit hyped. Social services, as they came and took the brother back and put him in care. So they separated? They separated them. Right, so Sean Jenkins, he got a deputy headteacher's job 
in Hastings. Billy Joe was adamant she wanted to move for a fresh start. So August 92, they moved into a three-story semi-detached house. Six bedrooms, super nice, really nice area. It's got a big park across from house. Seaside were a mile away. Really nice. Okay. Anyway, day they move in and they go out for a day, they get burgled. Front oh, you've just said it's a nice area. <laughs> Front door gets kicked in and the TV gets stolen. What a, what a welcome. So, Billy Joe, she, she loves living in Hastings and living by sea. She goes to Helen's Wood School. She gets into a bit of bother a few times, no serious. She settles in, makes a few friends. Okay. In January 97, the Jenkins decide to look for a new house in Hastings because the break-ins were getting gradually worse on where they lived, which was 48 Lower Park Road, including their house. So they had multiple yeah. break-ins. One at times at break-ins, wooden, uh, wooden patio doors in back at garden had been booted through. Right. There'd been reports of a prowler around area in December 96. The dog went nuts, barking at bushes surrounding house. About 11 o'clock every night, it happened a few times. So Lois and Sean decide to beef up on security, get security lights, side gate padlocked, security lights for front, security lights for yeah, back. Yeah. They'd also received a number of prank phone calls. Most of them would say fuck all. One phone call said, he will come. And again, be our judge. Which is a bit creepy. Yeah. So, week beginning of February 10th, 1997, it was half from school. Billy Joe and her step foster sister, Annie, they wanted to earn some extra pocket money. So they offered to do chores, fruit week, not fruit week, sorry. They offered to do chores around the house. Right, to earn the money. To earn the money. Including repainting the wooden patio doors at the back of the house. That had been kicked in previously. Billy Joe had seen some new trainers that she wanted and she was going to use that to pay for her new trainers. Oh, so- you hear that? <laughs> Joey, get some chores done for your new trainers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. So the Saturday comes. There's already been a few mix-up and arguments at start at day. Lois has been out to do, to go and grab something. She's forgot payment. Um, so just one of them days just that one she's of them, Just one on. of them days that no seems to be right. Right. So it's been decided that Billy Joe can go into town after she's finished the jobs. So she phones a friend Ruth and she organises to meet her at five o'clock. Lois is out in town with two her daughters and family dog. Sean was at home with Billy Joe and Annie doing their chores. Now I've I've read a few different websites and researched. A few say Annie was at home and a few say Annie was at recital. Right. So how are they, how can they not be clear on that? But I watched one, I think it was with Trevor McDonald when he interviews Sean Jenkins. Okay. And I'm sure Annie was at recital. So if anyone knows for definite, let, let us know. know. So she was either at home or at yeah. recital, okay? She'd previously done some jobs uh, around outside Annie. Uh, she'd cleaned the star room out. She'd got three big metal pegs that are made for, you know, the big marquees like circus tents. Yeah. And she'd put them on top of a coal bunker. Billy Joe had been tasked with painting patio doors. After that, Annie decided to go clean family car, so she was out front. Right. Sean had swept outside her house and he propped open the side gate at house, which led to the back garden and patio doors. He checked on Billy Joe, met sure she was all right. He showed her again how to do it, and then he gave her an old blanket 
wrapped in a bin liner, wrapped round like a cushion, so she could sit on it. Whilst painting? Yeah. He then noticed paint on patio tiles, so he thought, I best get some white spirit. Clean it up. So, allegedly, Annie had finished washing car and she decided that she wanted to go with Sean to pick up her other sister Lottie. Right. Whether she was already at the recital or already at home, I'm not 100% sure. But... But ultimately, Billy Joe had then been left alone. Ultimately, yeah. Billy Joe was left alone at home, by herself, painting the doors. Okay. Sean alleges he remembers closing that side gate. That leads to the back of the house. Yeah. So then he goes to the tutor's house, he picks up Lottie, Lottie's friend, and allegedly Annie, I don't know. <laughs> but Billy Joe's at home by herself. Right. So he drops Charlotte's uh, Lottie's friend off at 3.20, and then they get back home. And Sean realises he still needs some white spirit. So he takes Annie and Lottie back in the car to the DIY shop. But instead of going in one straight line to the DIY shop, he chooses to do a big circle, come back on to his house, to his street, and then do a big circle again, and then go to the DIY shop. So is he wasting time? Well, what he says is he decided not to go, but Annie had allegedly said, oh, I'm very keen to paint, which don't sound like what a child does say at all. No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> So he drives to this DIY shop, but guess what? He's forgot payment. Well, I tell you what, he's shit. <laughs> so they get they get back home, and Bill, they go through the door, and Billy Joe, she's lying there in a pool of blood. All her face is a mess. You can see fragments of a brain. Yeah. A skull is coming out at a right angle. She's really been hurt. How old is she again? 13. Bloody hell. So allegedly Sean went down and he crouched beside her, he ushers his kids out of room and he phones 999 yeah. at 3.38. Now, Yeah, if you get my phone, we've got we've actually got the phone call to 999 so you can listen. Ooh, let's get this on. I haven't heard this, have I? Let's make sure it's turned up. My daughter's fallen or she's got head injuries. There's blood everywhere. But she's banged her head and bleeding from the head. Yes, well, I don't, I don't know. She's blood everywhere on her head. She's lying on the floor. And can I take your name, sir? Uh, Sean Jenkins. Okay. And uh, you say she's unconscious. Is she breathing all right? She, I, I don't I don't know. I haven't looked. Right, okay. Did this happen while you were at the house, then? Yes, I've just, just this minute got back. All right, so you don't know how long it would have... I don't know how well in the next, in the last, I don't know, half an hour, three quarters of an hour. Blood. I'm confused, right, before you carry on. So he's rang... How's he not checked if she's, al- if she's breathing I or unconscious? I have no idea. I don't know, I haven't checked. That's bullshit. <laughs> so a neighbour gets called round. She's obviously horrified at the scene. And she tells him to phone 999 again eight minutes later. And she says, this is no accident, this. Someone's purposely done this, Sean. Uh, this neighbour, she sees a black bin liner underneath Billy Joe's head. Yeah. Is that from earlier, the cushion? Yeah. But, strangely, the black bin liner, a corner of it has been pushed far up her nose and as she tries to take it out a lot of blood comes out of her nose so she leaves it right so she grabs a towel tries to stop the bleeding to her head yeah right ambulance arrives uh one of the first responders is a gentleman called jerry radford he'd worked for ambulance service for 24 years and he could see pretty instantly his her injuries were fatal yeah the police arrived at 3:55, so 17 minutes after the first call the two policemen watch the paramedics try to save Billy Joe's life. 
She'd started to turn blue. Her pulse were disappearing. Poor girl. Next to her, her glasses were neatly folded and a bloody metal pole. And allegedly, there were two impressions on her leg where someone it looked like someone had stood on her or stamped on her. Right. But they couldn't... I'm assuming they couldn't get evidence from that. From that. Yeah. So, for 50, Billy Joe is pronounced dead. Now, what Sean Jenkins does is he goes outside and he sits in his car. Why? It just does. Where are other two girls? Because did he not bring them back with him? They're it? with the neighbour. All right. Right, so... He's gone and sat in his car. Yeah. Out of way. Now I'm going to tell you what happened according to Sean Jenkins. So this is his story. Okay. Uh-huh. On that Saturday at the end of the half-term holiday, Lois took Annie, Esther and Maya shopping to Safeways. Later on, she telephoned Sean said that she couldn't pay for groceries and she forgot a checkbook. So that's the mishaps in the beginning of the day. Yeah. They'd all returned home. Lois went to the beach with other children. Sean then took Annie with him to fetch Lottie leaving Billy Joe painting the patio doors. Yeah. Then he picked up Lottie and also took a friend home. Her friend's parent said that they dropped off her daughter at around 3.15, 3.20. So when they get home, Sean realises, oh, shit, I need a white spirit. Now, this white spirit, apparently there's already white spirit in the house. So he didn't need to. So he didn't need white spirit. I don't like this guy. He, uh, he, he said he wasn't sure... That there was a white spirit in the house. So not only was it in the house, but he then also did two big circles after leaving the house, which took him longer before he went back to discover Billy Joe. Yeah. So all that happened. Yeah. He says Billy Joe was lying in a pool of blood on the patio. <clears throat> he went down beside her, got his two children out of the way, examined her more carefully, and then made 999 call. Eight minutes later, his neighbour told him to make another 999 call. When ambulance men came, he went outside to his car and got in, just wondering whether he should put the hood up as it looked like it was going to rain. He quickly went back inside. You've just walked in, discovered that a child that you've taken on, as a foster child, by the way, um, you know, so got to be sort of, well, you would assume that they'd be caring people. He finds her with a red basically mashed in and he decides to go check if he needs to put hood up on his car. Yeah. Bullshit. Um, apparently there was an unnamed local man who was arrested on suspicion of murder but released as he has an alibi. Okay. So on 24th of February, Sean Jenkins... Sean, Jen- Sean Jenkins was arrested and charged. Right. So what I'm going to do now... So how, how's it gone from that to Sean being charged? What have they found? What's... I'm going to tell you exactly. I'm going to give you the story of what the prosecution think that it did. Right. And... All their points one by one. Come on then. So get ready. So prosecution allege after a day of frustration and irritation, Jenkins returned from picking up Lottie for a music lesson, saw Billy Joe on patio doors and became instantly enraged, either because her work was shit or she would play radio too loudly or some bullshit. He then picked up the metal tent spike and in a fit of fury bludgeoned her to death, even though his two daughters were around at the time and could have caught him in the act just by wandering in. They didn't have really no motive for him to behave this way. They just said that he did. Two right, minutes, so two minutes. Let me just put Jax out of this room because he's doing me head in. Get out. Fitting kids, it's bloody dog. <sighs> right, so next, the crown evidence. The major point for the crown. The most significant piece of evidence was the blood staining on Sean Jenkins' clothes. They found 72 spots on his fleece jacket, 
But I thought he only bent down to check her and he didn't check her properly because he said to the police that he'd not even looked if she were breathing. 76 spots on his trousers and 10 on his left shoe. They said that the attacker had stood very close to Billy Joe as he swung the weapon down her head, therefore causing a mist of blood and the spattering on Sean's clothes. The closer the their attacker is, the smaller the spots, the allege. Right, the minor points. There were other pieces of evidence, like I'm going to buy a container of white spirit. The alleged that Sean was trying to set up a false alibi for himself yeah. by creating a window of time that would give someone to enter the house and kill Billy Joe. Yeah. It wasn't necessary to buy white spirit because there were already half a bottle in the house. He had no intention of buying anything else. He took his time to get there, going round the park twice. Yeah. Again, creating an alibi, isn't it? Yeah. In aftermath of Billy Joe's death, he behaved strangely. He seemed to assume that she was already dead. Um, like he knew. Th- th- yeah, th- that's what the Crown alleged. He knew that she was dead or uh, was dying. Uh, in making two phone calls to 999, he wasn't clear and misleading. He said that Billy Joe had fallen. He did not check to see if she was alive before phoning 999. In these two calls to 999, he exaggerated the time that he and the children had been away from the house. Right. He seemed very emotionally calm and unconcerned with Billy Joe. Well, yeah, because he's obviously gone... He's obviously um, gone out to check his car, sit in his car, after he's just discovered a body covered in blood. Yeah. You'd be quite erratic, I would have thought. So, they're just a few for what the prosecution had. Right. The defence, so Sean's defence team... They argued that the blood specks on his clothes was a result of Billy Joe having breathed out through her nose as she lay dying. She would form a small cloud of blood droplets, which explained the droplets of blood on his clothes. Yeah. Sean, apparently, initially... Sorry. No, we are right. Right. The murder weapon, abandoned by the killer, was lying by Billy Joe's head. The police were not able to obtain fingerprints from it. The tent peg could have easily been picked up by someone entering the house from the back. Yeah, if this it was is, set... This is the defence. The side gate as well, don't forget. Uh, the explanation for Sean attacking Billy Joe is that he instantly lost his temper. But if that was true, there'd have been signs of a struggle. But would there? We don't know, because we weren't there. What, what if she were happily painting away in her own little world with her music too loud? He's lost it in a fit of rage and got, could he have not done it from... Behind her, took her by surprise. Yeah. So, in July 1998, a jury found him guilty. Okay. Sentenced him to life in prison. After serving six years in prison, he has his conviction overturned at the Court of Appeal in 2004. New scientific evidence has suggested the blood could have soaked in as he cradled her. A real tri- a retrial was ordered. But if it... Just a minute. If he'd have cradled her, meaning he was that close enough to her... He would have known if she were breathing. Mm. Or at least, you know, the operator asked, is she still breathing? Yeah. I don't know, I haven't checked. So, he has a retrial. Okay. But jury could not agree. So he has a second retrial. The prosecution, same again, uh, suggested he were a liar, a bully. In this meantime, his ex-wife had come out and said that he'd hit her, hit the children. He were a piece, a piece of, of shit, shit. basically. Uh, jury could not agree again the prosecution said it would not push for a retrial so the judge found him not guilty fucking hell 
and as Mr Jenkins were sat outside with his legal team, he were kicked and punched by two women who later identified themselves as aunts of Billy Joe. Their attacks drew blood and they said the family would bring a civil case as the judge had not allowed the court to hear new evidence that showed the blood spots on Mr Jenkins also contained also contained tiny fragments of Billy Joe's bone. That'll have been if if he has gone down with some force and the bones been split splintering off. Why would they not use that in a new trial? It's new evidence. No idea. Hmm. So it was declared not guilty. The indicator they weren't gonna take it. Take it any further. Um, he's re he's remarried now. So did he always deny it then? Yeah, and interestingly enough. It's up to it's up to you guys what you guys think on this. It's it's unsolved this. Yeah. So no one else has been charged for there's, it. There's been no justice for Billy Joe. And if you want to look into it, you can go on YouTube and there's an interview with Sean Jenkins by with Sir Trevor McDonald. Right. And you can sort of gauge what kind of person he is on that. Oh, so from his whole attitude. Yeah. That's Billy Joe Jenkins. I hope I've done a good job of it. I can understand why why it's drove you mad. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to it. What do you think? I think he did it. Hmm. Why would his wife not come out before that though and and say how abusive he was first time round? Who knows? Now the, there's there's sayings um, that when he came home and decided that he was a white spirit, he went in the house for three minutes. So he were in there three minutes. So he, he he could he could have done it then. Yeah. And Annie and Lottie said they were waiting outside for him. So they wouldn't have even. So they wouldn't have even known. So really, that that's not even a solid alibi, then, is it? Because I just don't I don't I don't understand. But he's a massive he's a he's a liar as well. It turns out he got his deputy head teach job under false pretenses, you know, lying on your CV. Yeah. Because I've never done that. <laughs> In fact, it's funny enough, someone I saw, if you're listening, I really can't remember who you are. You're probably not, though. Someone on my Facebook had put a status the other day saying, how can I obtain um, my GCSE results? And every single person comes saying, just lie. Just lie. <laughs> They've never checked it. Yeah. Just lie. And I just laughed at it because I thought, fucking hell, it's right. So, like I said, if anyone wants to add anything, tell me I've... Uh, Got some bit ro- bits wrong. Go to Instagram, terrifying underscore twisted. Let us know. And let us know what you think. If you have a look at it, who do you think did it or how do you think it happened? I'm going to have a look. I don't know why I seemed, I seemed to struggle with with that case. It was just, it seemed, the, I seemed to be doing it for just a long time. You have spent a lot of time on it this week, but I knew last night, we, we originally were recording this last night, weren't we? Yeah. And I scrapped it because I could see how stressed you were getting and it yeah. weren't worth it. We're supposed, this is fun. Yeah. Don't, I don't want it to be... Um, so anyway, do you want me to tell you about mine? I do. I don't know. Um, there's actually been a film made about this, which caused uproar, apparently, um, called Goodnight Sugar Babe. So I don't know if you've seen it, heard of it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I've heard of it today. Today? Today. Right. And I've put it on his Amazon Prime watch list. Have you? Yeah. Well, this is what this case is about. I don't know what drew me to it. I think it was because you were a very vulnerable young girl. Right. That they've completely taken advantage of and used to their 
advantage. Right. So I want to talk to you about a girl called Vera Jo Regal. This happened on the 27th of March, 2011. So again, it's not a really old one. Mm -hmm. And Vera's body were discovered at around 2.30 in the morning by a train passing through the city where she lived in fin Findlay. Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> that one. Well, the train driver thought he'd hit a deer. So he stopped, got out to have a look. But what he actually found were about to open this massive case of abuse, gangs, and just complete domineering control. Can of worms. Massive. So before I go in, go into nitty gritty, I'll point out that Vera was, she, she on everything that I've looked at, she's Vera Jo Regal. Mm -hmm. But she also was known as Vera Dro Jo Messersmith. Now, Messersmith is on her gravestone and I think a school register. Right. Might be wrong on that, but I definitely know what headstone. And it's also important to know that actually no one can prove when she was born. What? She's Don't, got no birth certificate? No, they've never ever discovered when she were actually born. Now, it's either 1986 or 1987. Who does she belong to then? Right. <laughs> it's really hard to find concrete evidence. Um... Unfortunately for Vera Jo, her whole life contained just abuse, control, manipulation by everybody that knew her. At the age of 11, she encountered her first um, string of abuse, let's say. Right. Her, her father, Willard, he started to sexually abuse her and rape her. He was actually caught and he actually got sentenced and charged and he was sentenced to 40 years in prison. 40? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, because it was... I won't go into the count. I mean, fucking hell, they've done something good. Oh, yeah, 100%. Normally, they don't even yeah. get a few years. I think it was really, really horrific, though. Right. Um, and someone, to break off from this, my last case, a lot of people found it quite hard to listen to because a nine-year-old girl were buried right. alive. So I didn't want to then, in this, put exact abuse that he'd, he'd done to her. But for it to be 40 years in prison, yeah. you can understand what he's sort yeah. of done. After her dad was sent to prison, Vera wanted to distance herself. Bearing in mind she's only 11, but she really wanted to distance herself from her mum and her mum's family. There's reports that she blamed her mum about her it's dad. It's not a very happy household. Not it? at all, not at all. Uh, but there's no one actually, there's no concrete, say, evidence why she wanted to so separate. Hearsay. Yeah. It's also important to know that Vera had learning difficulties and she had the mind of an eight-year-old. Right. Right. And she was how old? Eleven. Right. Uh, but regardless of that, she did really well in school. She managed to graduate with, with decent grades and everything. When Vera was 19, she went on to meet a boy called Zachary Brooks. Now, unfortunately, this is going to be the start of a massive downhill spiral for poor Vera. Zach was only 13 years old. Right. Vera was 19. Right. And she was still trying to... Her mum was still trying to have a relationship with her. Right. So when Zach's family, this loving, caring family, invited Vera to come and uh, stay with us, love. Don't matter that you're 19 and you're seeing my 13-year-old child, but come live with us. Oh, yeah. Right? She jumped to offer, thought it were a perfect opportunity to get away. I want to give you a little bit of an understanding of dynamics in this Brooks household. Right. So... They were seen as more of a gang 
instead of like a traditional family. A bit rough. A bit more than rough. But now at the top of this was Zach's mum called Cherry Brooks. Right. What a piece of shit this woman really is. So Cherry Brooks was married to Kevin. She had nine children. Wow. Five of those had been removed by social services. Wow. And just one after other removed um, for horrific things. Abuse, sexual abuse, rape of a toddler. Fucking hell. But they never went to prison. Why? I don't know. So these children got removed one by one. She then went on to have four more sons with Kevin, who for God knows whatever reason, were allowed to stay with her. So they all grew up to be well known for the involvement in a local gang called the Crips Gang. Oh, yeah. Did we watch something the other day with that on? Yeah. We did, didn't we? So they were part of this Crips Gang. Now, Cherry, the mum, she were known as Sugar Babes. Right. She was a ringleader. Um, it I were... already want a punch in face. Yeah, she's... You wait till you see a picture of her. Mm. She's awful looking. Mm. Um, but anyway, not. I don't mean as in... I just mean she looks evil. She don't look a nice person. Yeah. Uh, it's also important to know that it, it weren't just that house. Like, it, what an extended family kind of thing with this gang. Right. So the cousins and its uncles, who shagging who, I don't know. They all had a piece of pie. Yeah. Now, Cherry had a really bad upbringing again. No it fucking skew, so is it. Um, her dad started sexually abusing her when she was just a toddler. She eventually herself was taken into care. Which you'd like to think that people would break the mould, wouldn't you? But, but they don't. Unfortunately, they don't. Um, but funny enough, Sherry actually continued a relationship with her dad after she married Kevin. Right. An intimate relationship oh my God. with her dad. Um, <gasps> so, as you can imagine, if you on parenting, well, nothing like it should be. Uh, but Cherry also had a very unhealthy obsession with babies. Probably why she had nine. Right, yeah. Even to the point of, don't forget, she's still got four sons that were with her. Um, even to the point where she convinced their girlfriends to get pregnant. So she could have the baby. So when Vera came along, this vulnerable girl that's got learning difficulties... Don't matter that my son's only 13 and you're engaging in sexual activity with him. You know exactly what she was thinking, don't you? Yeah. So it actually wasn't long before... Vera got pregnant. Vera got pregnant. In fact, Zach was 16. So three years after they'd been together, right. she got pregnant. Now, it's alleged, and even in statements from the family, from the son's girlfriends, that Cherry had been very clear to Vera and said, if and when you get pregnant, that child will not belong to you. That child will belong to me, right? So whilst living with the Brooks, um, Vera, she will be raped by all the sons regularly. Just all basically did what the Vera fuck. Vera wanted a fucking pregnant regardless. Yeah, of whose it were going to be. Yeah. Um, in fact, the police actually had to go out with, I think it was within a two-year time frame, they had to go out ten times because of reports of hearing the, the goings-on, the abuse happening and stuff like that. But even when questioned, ultimately, it would deem that Vera were an adult. So if she yeah. wanted to stay with the Brooks family, yeah. that were her choice. She did have involvement from social services, but they could only advise her. 
So she went against them and she went back to Brooks each did, time. Did she... Did, do you know if Vera told the social services about this abuse? No. There's nothing that suggests she ever told them, but there are plenty of reports to back up that they'd seen the bruising. Right. They'd seen... Apparently the house were just a complete shit show. They had a pet pig living in the house with a pet dog that none of them were taught... Like, they weren't house trained, so apparently it was just a vile, dirty... Cesspool. Yeah. Awful house um, so yeah so Vera told them that she were happy even despite all evidence they couldn't stop her now Vera then went on to give birth she went into labour a month early but that's because Sherry was that obsessed she wanted this child to share her birthday that she made her have some castor oil you've now, tried that yeah don't ever do that <laughs> um, but now anybody that knows anything <coughs> about castor oil you're supposed to take a few teaspoons oh she's made a drink or a bottle three bottles oh my god three bottles now after personally seeing what that stuff looks like and smelling it and tasting it how the fuck they got three bottles down her neck is fucking beyond me so um vera went on to give birth she basically cherry basically kidnapped while vera was still in hospital she kidnapped the baby took the baby off she went and she named her willow dean so vera didn't even get a choice in name and in fact she wasn't even allowed to interact with willow dean she took if she basically tried to speak to <coughs> her own biological child without cherry's permission she'd be raped or she'd be beat so she weren't allowed to do anything she's not gonna leave not while her child's there so cherry even went on to tell everybody that willow dean were her fucking child yeah. right ridiculous um he's stuck yeah just a minute just a minute. All right, so Vera, you threw me because you said she ain't going to go anywhere without that baby. And that's yeah. exactly what she did. Right. She was trying to think of ways and get people to help her get out, but she would not go alone. She would go in and go in with that baby. Yeah. Because she knew that even if she tried to leave and leave the baby, they'd hunt her down and kill her. She'd be dead. Um. So only way she was going to get out is if she took that child with her. Now, I'm going to bring in a guy called Danny. And Danny is a cousin to the Brooks family. Right. And he's got a 17-year-old girlfriend called Nicola. It's now said that both of these two actually gained sexual gratification from beating Vera. So they'd kick fuck out of her. They'd go upstairs, have sex, come back downstairs, kick fuck out of her a bit more. Right. And off they went again. So Cherry knew that if anybody would want to finish her off, in quotations that they they were perfect people because they physically got eye on doing what they were doing to her. Yeah. So what Vera did is she decided to come up with this complete bullshit fucking story. One of her sons, I didn't really, I hadn't gone into depth with it, but he basically got killed. He'd been out on a night out, a taxi had swerved out. Is this one of Cherry's road. sons? Cherry's sons, yeah. Um, a taxi had got out of control, knocked him over, he died. Now yeah. he was with his girlfriend. But Cherry decided that she was going to change that bullshit, that story to this bullshit story. And she was going to tell Danny and Nicole that actually it was Vera that pushed him out into the road. Oh, right. Killing him. So Danny and his girlfriend straight away went, we're on, but we'll do it. Not a problem. We'll finish her off, mm. in her words. But they needed a cover story. So Cherry called out family and they come up with this cover story that apparently um, if the police come, you all stick to it. Yeah. So here's what they come up with. Vera apparently set off a canister of, is it Mace? Yeah. spray um all over the house right and that then went on to cause 
um, one of Cherry's other sons, Michael, his wife to have a miscarriage. Right. Is that, that possible? I, I haven't looked into that. Here's weird part. Well, not weird, but she wasn't even pregnant. So oh, she didn't fucking fuck miscarry. Um, Vera, they were going to basically say, so Vera felt really, really bad for causing this miscarriage and she just walked out at door. Yeah. They hadn't seen her. Um, they did say that she went with a guy from a different neighbourhood. Oh, so they were going to say that she'd gone missing. Yeah. She'd gone walk That Basically, she'd gone, the last they saw her, she was with this, this guy. Yeah. Um, obviously, this guy, he don't exist. So, what really happened, on the 26th of March, at around nine o'clock, there were Danny, Nicole and Zach. They were told to take Vera for a walk. Now, Vera refused to go at first. People that gave statements said that they actually think she knew what were happening. What were going to happen, right? Eventually, obviously, threatened her, give her a bit of a knockabout, you're going for this walk. Um, so they walked to nearby train track where it would Danny and Nicole started their attack. Zach didn't actually do anything. Um, they attempted to stab her at first, but the knife that they decided to choose was too blunt, so it won't go through her clothes. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Just a minute. I want to kill you. Here's what I'm going to do. So next... Let me try again. The convince her to strip naked. So she does. So the knife can penetrate the skin. Right. So they stab her um, a few times, but then Danny stands behind her and basically slits her throat. After that, they decide to lay her body on the train track, yeah. knowing a train had come, hopefully dismember her that much no that they won't... Yeah. They won't be able to really make her unidentifiable, won't it? Yeah. So then, the, them three then headed back home, laughing and joking. The scummy. F- and then this is when the the train driver obviously thought he did a deer. Yeah. The train driver called the police. Um, they actually believed Vera was still alive, because them three had left her laying across the train tracks, but she'd managed to get herself in between, so she was just below. Yeah. Um. Barely managed to. Her throat slit yeah. and been stabbed. Yeah, so she managed to pull herself away, probably so she could be identified. Yeah. She knew she would die, she would die in, though yeah. she wasn't going to survive. Um, probably so they could find her. Um, so at the same time as the police are with Vera's body, Danny, Nicole and Zach go to a party at a friend's house. At this party, Danny's, Danny's sister's also there. She notices Zach's not right and he's really withdrawn and quiet, um, so she asks him what's wrong. And he confesses everything to her. Tells her everything that they've just done to Vera. Um, so she goes to the police. The police then come, arrest all of, them, like. all, all of them. Now, Danny and Nicole um, were charged with aggravated murder yeah. there and then. But because of Cherry's idea of this, fam- this cover story, mm-hmm. every single one of them stuck to it. So police were finding it really, really difficult for CPS to... Press yeah, yeah, because they've got alibis, apparently. Yeah. It's also worth noting, the day after that Vera's body were found, Cherry rang the state and tried to gain full custody of Willa Dean. Yeah. So she, she's only been dead. But she fucking did. Yeah. Um, so again, amazingly, they all stuck to this cover story, so police were finding it quite difficult. Um, but they soon saw through it. It weren't long. Um, after speaking to neighbourhood and finding out about you know the gang membership and the boys were already quite well known to police anyway. Yeah. Um, so Cherry and the family were actually arrested and charged with obstruction of a police investigation. After a quick trial, 
Um, Danny Brooks was sentenced to life in prison with possibility of parole after 40 years. Right. Fuck knows why you were given possibility of parole. Nicole, even though she was only 17 at the time of the murder, they actually tried her as an adult. Good. Yep, she fucking deserves it. She got 23 years in prison. Should have got more. Zach was only charged with lying to the police. Nothing else. Even, even though he, he was, was there. there. Yep, he could have stopped it. Stopped so what it. did he get? Nothing. But you know, oh no, he got, sorry, it doesn't say, I don't, he got a community order. Right. Amazingly, Cherry got nothing. No charges brought to her, whatso-fucking-ever. Wow. At all. And... She's the ringleader. Yeah. She's the one up here that's created... Controls. Well, she's just created an absolute fucking monstrosity of a family, hasn't she? So she's never been charged nope. with anything? Nope. Nothing, so to, nothing to do with... where's Willow Dean now? Oh, obviously she's been taken by social services. Thank fuck for yeah. that. So, so, social services was already involved. Yeah. Um, that's where I got all the information about how bad the house was with the fucking pet pig and yeah. all that. So they were already involved and they was obviously involved because they were involved with Vera with her being classed as a vulnerable adult. Right. She was soon taken into care system. I don't know. Obviously, I'm hoping she's a very happy little girl. Wow. But... Unbelievable. Yeah, it kind of, it it um, upset me because I could just imagine this the pictures of Vera that I've seen. She just she just always looks right. Obviously, they're not going to put shit pictures out there either. But I just feel really sorry for her because after everything with her own family, I think she just wanted somewhere safe. Yeah, and they've completely took advantage of her. Yeah, completely manipulated her. Abused, raped on a fucking daily basis. Unbelievable. Just, it's unbelievable how <coughs> how people can be so vicious and so cruel. Yeah, to, I know um, there are a lot. But it happens. Yeah, it does. There were it was reported about even down to financial. Like Cherry would control all her money. Mm. She won't give her anything. She won't. She will. She would just like a fucking baby massive, and money. Massive control freak. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so that's end of episode three. I hope you've enjoyed it. Just last thing, we've been watching Cecil Hotel on Netflix. Oh, yeah. So if you're interested in Elisa Lamb's story, I would say watch it, but mine and Carla's opinion on the Elisa Lamb case was the same. Exact same. Exact it didn't same change. After we watched it. So give it a whirl. See what you think. See what you think. Let us know what you think. Uh, like I said, there's Instas at terrifying underscore twisted. Give us a follow. And I hope you have a good week. Yeah, after. Yeah. A bit of a break from the uh, homeschooling nagging. I'm looking forward to it. So I'll see you later.